you can see me and hear me. Welcome to Whiskey and Weird. This is episode four. I can't believe I've, I've, I'm on my fourth one. So I'm really glad, happy to see some of you here. Um, so I'm guessing those of you who are chiming in right now do not want to say hello because you're not chiming in. So um, that's okay. Don't want to admit you're watching. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I think you, you don't realize what you'll be missing when you leave. So, um, hi, Becky. Nice to see you. I'm glad you're here. I know you're usually not home or something on this time is what you said before, right? So, um, I'm really excited to, um, to share more stories with you guys tonight. Um, about what I've been experiencing. Hey, Sean, how's it going tonight, bud? Um, thanks for responding to my post about Maker's Mark. I'm gonna have to figure out how I en enjoy that. So, um, hi, Lisa, my girl, how are you? Um, so I'm drinking, if you didn't see, I'm actually gonna enjoy some Maker's Mark tonight. Um, so I, I actually was at my parents' house today um, and wanted, was looking for some Jameson because I had used all of mine one night when I was drinking a lot of whiskey at home all by myself. Um, and I wanted to drink some Jameson because of course it's an Irish whiskey and my heritage is, um, very largely Irish. And so, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the town where my grandmother and my mother grew up. Um, well, my grandmother didn't grow up in this particular town, but lived there for a long time. My mom grew up there. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun to drink Irish whiskey. Um, so, um, I'm going to drink some Maker's Mark, right? And, um, I, I'm not, bourbon ha isn't my first choice, but, but then again, we all know I'm not very well educated around whiskeys. So I'm sure there's bourbons out there that I like. So I'm excited to try this one. Um, you probably have heard of it because it's pretty common uh, Kentucky straight bourbon. Now, what I was really interested about, and I'm going to read the, the side of this bottle um, because that's going to be easier way for me to make sure I get it right. But so it's, it's America's only handmade bourbon whiskey. It's not mass produced ever, which I think is super cool. Um, always in less than 19 barrels. And... Um, What's interesting is they use a sour mash method, which I'm gonna to have to look up a little more and share, but but I think, so what they do is they start each each fermentation by using some of the last batch. So it kind of made me think of like friendship bread, right? Is that how you do that? You save a little bit of what you, of the new um, dough that you make just to share with other people. Um, so that was kind of cool. It was interesting things to learn. Um, and I think you'll probably find that the things that are usually interesting to me are probably different than what are interesting to other people, but that will be the fun part. Um, I am kind of taking a risk drinking this, not a huge risk, but I am sensitive to wheat gluten and um, not all glutens in general, specifically wheat um, and the gluten from wheat. So I usually drink stuff that's not made from wheat. This is a wheat bourbon. And I don't know if all bourbons are wheat. I, that could be. Um, but like scotch is not made from whiskey usually. Or <laughs> scotch is not made from wheat usually. Excuse me. Um, so I 
this, I don't know what it'll do. I won't die or anything like that. Um, but I do have some interesting sensitivities and I haven't had wheat in, um, well, gosh, probably since right after we all were sent home for COVID-19. Um, so it's been a long time. So I will know for sure tomorrow if this affects me. Now, the interesting thing about, you know, distilled alcohol is that for the most part, if it, the gluten is distilled out of it, I'm not 100% sure what my sensitivity is to if it's just the gluten part of the wheat or if it's um, if it's something else. So cheers. You know, I could be feeling it weird tomorrow. Um, I'll let you know. But here, I'm going to have my first little sip. I'm having my first sip. I have had Maker's Mark, but usually in a cocktail. And um, so... I'm trying it neat tonight, and that might not be the way I want. I think I've had it probably with ginger ale, because I think a maker's ginger ale, you know, maker's ginger is what they call it, is pretty common and pretty, it's it's a way to enjoy this in a cocktail form. Um, Sean said earlier he likes his on the rocks, so um, I like at the very least to try anything at this point. Now that I'm really trying to learn, I try to, to try it neat, because then I can kind of get... Um, the experience so um let's see the nose on this hmm there's a little bit of a sweetness to it not too much i'll have to give that some more thought i like it i said last week i could i could just smell it and enjoy it that way but i'll take a little sip right now before i move on Here's a little burn there. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, not enjoying this. I will tell you that all these years that people I know who tell me they're whiskey drinkers and drink it with Coke or other things, I think I'm, I was missing out on whiskey for a long time because I was drinking it a crappy way. So I'm really happy to be trying it because I'm actually enjoying that. I do like scotch, but that's good. And I'm so I'm really happy to keep trying um, more stuff. And I know I have a huge bottle of this out in my cupboard too. So, But my parents were nice enough to let me take home their Maker's Mark because they don't drink it. So that's pretty cool. What What is everybody drinking tonight, you guys? What are you all drinking? Anybody else? I know Sean's drinking something. Um, Becky, do you have a favorite? Are you a drinker or not drinker? Water's cool too. You know what? I'm not pushing anyone to drink alcohol who doesn't want to. Um, Lisa, girl, what are you drinking? You guys got to let me know. Because it's more fun that way, right? More fun if you do that. Um, so anyway, tonight I am going to be talking about uh, this cool town where my mom grew up. It's a little town called Boonville, Missouri. Um, yeah, Boonville, that's what I said. It's about 20 minutes outside of Columbia, um, which many of you have probably heard. And it's it's kind of halfway in between Kansas City and St. Louis. So it's about equidistant, um, a, little, a little closer. Okay, hi, Dawn Burns, girl. Hello. Um, Knob Creek, there you go. I'm happy to have you here. 
Um, so we're going to talk about Boonville, and I'll tell you about that. But I wanted to do a follow-up to last week, because as you may recall, I told you about the weird pounding on the, the wall here to the side of me, which isn't typically the kind of stuff that we have happening in our house, not not usually. And so I'm, I, I take this really seriously. I'm not one to just assume everything that happens to me is is just a ghost. Um, I do do have a you know a scientific bone in my body and especially as a paranormal investigator that's what we do we try to figure out um we try to figure out what's going on um and whether or not it it, it might be paranormal can we can we um ex explain it away okay gentlemen jack there we go with a little sprite and diet diet coke for for lisa that's great um that's cool that's cool girl um so anyway, getting back to this. So I had that. Well, this door, you see this door back here behind me. Um, it's really tight. So I had closed it a little further because if you may, if you were on last week, you can recall that I was a little freaked out because I felt like um, the things in my house were, um, <laughs> they were on to me. And it felt really uncomfortable out here in this room. So I closed the door. Well, I, I did test later because I thought, well, maybe something shifted with the door because it does close really tightly. I've tried it three or four times and I cannot make it make something knock on this wall. So I'm really feeling like that was something. Um, fast forward actually to the next morning. Um, I got my sister watched this, watched last week's episode on... Um, watch this episode uh online and um she she was saying she said yeah I, at about i think it was 4228 i'll have to look it up she said at 4228 i um it kind of did this weird thing where it went black and it like repeated like three times and she said at first she thought that it went out after that but then she was um she was able to go back and um and and watch it again and she couldn't get it to repeat and she also was able to go forward just, uh, so she, you know anyway the weird thing was it didn't happen every time but when it did happen it happened at this same um spot and so then my friend Carmen I got the same message from her she's like Lauren I don't know what happened but um but I you know my but I stopped watching because it's just went out right at this time. And then she said, then she got it sent me another text later saying, no, I got it to work again. And I thought, okay, this is weird. And you, some of you might've seen, I, I did a live to say, Hey, go and watch this and see what happens. Um, because sure enough, I watched it on my, on my phone. And at that same exact time, it, what didn't black out for me, what it did was it was like, um, it was like, what was that guy on, I, no one, I can't remember his name. Back in the 80s, 90s, the weird MTV dude that had, the, the talking head dude. And he would, you know, like my head did this like three, three times and then it stopped. It was at that same time. So when I went and listened to what I said and I had asked my sister, I said, well, what did I say right before? And it was right when I had said that spirits will show themselves, something along these lines, that spirits will show themselves in whatever way they can or want to. And then on that that video, well, the interesting thing, I watched it back here on my laptop, it didn't happen, didn't happen. And my sister said, 
it didn't happen every time she watched it and I had max headroom thank you Sean thank you um now we won't forget um so um my sister said she like she had tried it I had other people who watched it and didn't have the problem so um I anyway I thought it was really weird and I did check in with my friend Pete who um who's gonna be on the show with me if I can get get this whole um um, live stream thing figured out a little more in a little more complexity um, he's going to come on and, and anyway he's been in the paranormal field for 30 years and I asked him and he he agreed that it was it, it was very unusual because if it had really been the video that was the problem it would have happened every single time so I don't know that was a little bizarre if I don't know if any of you watched the replay of last week's episode if you had an experience with that, let me know. Definitely let me know because I'm still kind of in the investigative mode around this stuff. So, um, Don Burns, you are not a whiskey weenie, but if you want to hang out with me more often, we can drink whiskey together. Okay, girl. Um, hey, Tracy, welcome. Um, anyway, so the other thing that happened, I'm just kind of following up for those of you just joining me here tonight. Um, I'm following up to some weirdness that happened after last week's episode. The next day, um, I was sitting in the chair where I always sit. I mentioned, I've mentioned this, mentioned this chair before. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and I heard the door open. Now, when I say open, I heard the doorknob, the door, you know, everything came open and I swore it was my husband coming home and, um, like waited for him to say hello or whatever and he didn't so I like kind of quietly walked over and peeked around the corner and the door's like open a good three feet and I will tell you that it was it was a little windy out that day so I I tried a number of times to recreate this and what I can say in terms of the wind the wind was coming from the south our house is is faces um east and the garage is there. So there's there wasn't a direct wind impact on the door. Um, and when I tried to recreate it, it never happened again. Um, even leaving the door open a little bit, it didn't happen. So um, that was really bizarre. And I, I may have mentioned that my son's had a number of um, occurrences of someone opening his bedroom door lately. So really weird. Um, and then just because, before I came on, um, my husband was telling me that on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday morning, he was on his way out the door to go to work and was standing in the front entryway looking at um, something and said he saw a shadow figure peek up the stairs. So that would be the stairs that are right next to me here. So someone peeked up around the corner and then backed up and he, he said he was terrified. He couldn't get out of the house fast enough. And so, you know, the interesting thing about that and the interesting thing about, you know, showing up with... Um, with you know these different stories is that and and kind of coming in with a mind of you know we're not just going to assume everything is paranormal right a lot of stuff happens in that same spot I mean for years right at the top of our stairs we see shadows I, I don't know what it is but but really interesting and for whatever reason it seems to be um, a little more active lately too which is um, not uncommon it does ebb and flow and I have done some reading about the fact that you know, as the weather gets colder, there's more ions and things in the air, especially when it's shifting into colder temperatures and um, creates more just natural um, 
electricity in the air for things to um, to use to manifest. So could be that. And, you know, I, I haven't kept a proper journal over the course of this time. I really should have. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of stories I didn't even totally remember that my kids sometimes tell me about. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. So um, anyway, um, just some weird stuff that kind of happened. So again, if you watched the replay last week, or if you want to go back and test this theory out, go and watch. Um, and I will, I will repeat. I think I mentioned it on the live that should be, you can find on the page too. But I will go back and um, see if um, I can. I'll put, I'll add in the number. I think it was forty two twenty eight at forty two twenty eight. And like I said, it was right after I said that spirits will show up however they feel like it. Um, so pretty fascinating, I think. So, all right, I'm gonna take a little sip of my Maker's Mark here. Cheers. Woo. All right, so what I wanna talk about tonight, uh, first of all, Lisa says she's at room service, so you must be traveling right now, Lisa. I'm sorry you can't get yourself some whiskey. You should have thought about this earlier. What the heck? Um, Anyway, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're hanging out with me. Um, so I wanted to kind of shift my focus to this little town in Boonville, Missouri, um, where my mother grew up. And um, my Nana had lived there for a while. She lived in another place, Sedalia. And um, it's a really old town. It's It's kind of in the Bible, you know, it's, it's in the Southern part of Missouri. So still kind of in the, in the Bible belt. And, um, and also, uh, I just lost what I was going to say. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. That happens. Um, but anyway, the civil war, there was a lot of civil war activity in this area. Um, and, uh, and so there was, a, there's a lot of history there that happened. So the reason I'm, I really want to talk about it, though, is because my first real experience happened that kind of made me realize that who I am and how I experience things and what I'm feeling and all of this stuff is might actually be real. And I and it's when I kind of said, OK, I'm going to I'm going to figure out how this is going. All right. Lisa's in L.A. Um, I wonder how the weather is there in L.A. Because it is kind of beautiful here this afternoon. It was. It poured down the rain this morning, but it was beautiful this afternoon. Um, but anyway, so I was in Boonville, and we were actually there. This was in the year 2009. And I'll, t I'll give this other little bit of story because it does actually match up to something. Another story that I'm going to tell you. So my mother, and well, my grandmother and my mother both were singers, um, trained singers. And... Um, my my grandmother had been a musician there um, in Boonville. Well, she played for the church. She sang for the church. Pretty much everyone in Boonville who was married in the Catholic Church between a certain time, my nana sang at her, uh, sang at their wedding. Like everybody knew her. She, in some ways, people re referred to her as the matriarch of Boonville. It was a pretty small town, and she, a lot of people knew her. Um, and so, and she had lived there for, for a long time. Um, and my mother, of course, grew up there. Um, so uh, there's a Catholic school, which is where the church that my Nana used to, um, to, to sing at 
was doing, they had a school and they were doing a big capital campaign. And they had asked my mother to come and do a concert to raise money in Little Boonville. And um, she said, yes, of course. And so, and then she invited all of us girls, um, my brother too, though he didn't end up doing it. But um, three of my sisters, or well, I only have three sisters, my three sisters, but three of us girls um, ended up singing with mom in the concert. And then my other sister, Karen, um, was the MC and, and really shared all the beautiful stories and explained how the music that was used in the concert we, um, all came together and all of that. So anyway, it was this really cool experience that we had and we got to sing to a, a pretty full theater, all people um, from Boonville. And my mother decided to do the concert in um, in her honor. So she did um, did the concert in my Nana's honor. And all the songs were, there was a lot of lullabies. There was stuff from, you know, we sang Oh Danny Boy from Ireland, things that my, my grandmother was known for singing. Um, and then my mom, of course, did stuff she was known for singing. But anyway, it was a really beautiful um, experience and it honored my Nana and it raised money for the school. So we were all here in town for, for this concert. Um, and because that's where my family grew up, um, or my mom grew up, her family is actually... Um, you know, buried really close. So whenever we're in town, we make a trip up to the cemetery and um, lay flowers and, and, you know, all of that. And that's where my first experience happened. And I remember driving in, you know, like over the threshold into the, um, into the graveyard. And I remember just really distinctly just feeling something. And I was like, oh, like heavy, felt really heavy. Um, and my sister Kelly said she was experiencing something similar and I didn't think too much of it. Um, I was just at a point where I had started to be aware of those kinds of things, but it's a, you know, it's a cemetery. So I, I would imagine that there's a lot of energy there, whether you want to believe it or not. Right. Um, even just the sadness of people visiting graves is going to be at a, at a cemetery. So, um, we went and visited a couple of the graves and then some of them were on, on an opposite side of the cemetery. And so we just kind of started making our way across the middle. And, you know, I'm always mindful. I don't like to walk over people's graves. I've been told it doesn't really matter, but it matters to me. I don't know if it matters to anybody else, but I was going across and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, I think I was talking to my sister or my dad or maybe both of them because they're the ones that I remember and my sister Kelly and and all of a sudden I had this horrible feeling of like sadness angst I don't I can't even explain it I don't even think it's anything I've ever experienced myself and it felt like like somebody literally squeezed all of the air out of my lungs. It was really terrifying. And I, you know, I gave it a second to see if it would go away and I couldn't. So I had to run. I ran out of the grass to back where the, where the gravel road was. And in a few minutes, it kind of, it, it kind of dissipated, but it was, it was a pretty remarkable thing to me. Um, and I can't fully explain to you how it felt or what it was, but I knew in that moment that I was experiencing somebody else's grief. I, I don't know whether they were, um, you know, just trying to get my attention. I don't believe they were trying to harm me. I think they just saw an opportunity 
Um, and sometimes I just think grief is a really, really heavy emotion and it can be there. So I don't know if it was, um, you know, residual or intelligent. I'll, I don't know. But what I do feel 100% is that it wasn't my energy I was feeling. So this became, this kind of started off this work that I've been doing now for 10, 11 years about how, you know, how do I, how do I process that? What do I do with it? How do I know when it's not mine? And that kind of thing. How do I know if I can actually maybe help somebody? So um, I see Tracy says she doesn't walk over the headstones either. Yeah, I don't walk. I just walk around everything. Um, and, uh, I, you know, someone's sleeping in there, right? Lisa says it's hot in LA. That doesn't sound fun to me. It's supposed to be cool and breezy and rainy. It's the fall, right? Um, so anyway, so that was my experience in Boonville. And my family was there. Like, you know, I was talking with my parents today because they were asking me what this is all about. So that was kind of fun to ex try to explain that to them. Um, but my dad really distinctly remembered that. I think my mom was farther ahead. But I'm pretty sure that my dad... I think it was my sister Kelly, and you can confirm this, Kelly, when you listen in, um, were there kind of close and kind of were there and, and experienced what I was experiencing with, with me, what I was experiencing. Um, so that was a really interesting um, thing that happened in Boonville uh, to me. Now, before this, had actually, this didn't come out till later, So, um, but in, in, this was in between what this other story that I'm going to tell you, um, but... So we did this concert and um, everyone had left. There was a cute little hall across the way, really old hall, um, probably haunted itself, um, where they had a reception. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of felt like a little celebrity for about 30 minutes in Boonville, Missouri. It was really fun and very sweet. Um, but anyway, you know, those of us in the family were cleaning up and, and gathering things up. And my brother-in-law, um, Peter, who is very sensitive, but he's not probably, you know, ready to, to go there yet. But um, I think he might admit that he has had my Nana come to him a couple times in, in his dreams, which is really interesting. Um, basically telling him he needs to take good care of my sister. So right on Nana. Um, but he was out while we were waiting. He went to the stage and was taking pictures of this beautiful theater. So this is Thespian Hall in Boonville. I mentioned it be briefly last week because my coaster, which I think I still have here, um, I picked this up on a trip last year. But Thespian Hall, um, it's really old. Um, I can probably get some more history on it. And I think I shared, I think I shared some history on it in the page, right? So um, it's been around a long time. It's, as far as I understand, um, it was used as a hospital during the Civil War. So, you know, if this is this is true, there's no way there's not energy there, right? So um, it was uh, used that, but um, so they, you know, the, a lot of groups go there and do investigations and there's a lot of stories about it um, and things that have happened. Um, and we didn't really have any experiences ourselves except for my brother-in-law, I'll get back to him. He was on the um, out on the stage and taking pictures because it's a really lovely theater, and took like some photos um, in succession. Um, and you know that was that. It was an empty theater. Everyone had left. It was only us in the theater. So um, a few days later, we're at the airport, all of us getting ready to leave, except for um, I think Pete and Kelly. They they didn't live in the U.S. at the time. 
Um, they still don't. Um, but they had, I don't, I can't recall if they had already made it home or where they were, but they weren't with us. And we got a message um, from Pete, as I recall, while we were in the, um, in the airport. And he sent this picture. And he said, this, this person was not in this picture when I took it. He said, there was nobody in the theater. I took these photos. Well, this photo of, of that, that he took seemed to completely be my, my Nana. Um, and it was, it was pretty shocking. Like when we all saw it, we all thought a hundred percent, this is Nana. Like the you, the way she's standing, um, this the the clothes she was wearing, and um, if you if you zoom in on it, I mean you can't. It's not like an actual person like you would see me. It's every, her features are very blurred, but she's there. The way she carried herself and the way she carried her purse, because I think it was some arthritis that she had, and every person who ever saw this um, photo from Boonville would swear that that's who it was. Even people would be like, oh, when was this photo taken? And was, you know, said, oh, this last year. And they're like, there's no way because she's been dead now for, you know, she passed away in 1996 and this was 2009. So, um, so anyway, it's a pretty remarkable photo. I will share it with you um, on, on the page. And I'm trying to find, I shared it with Pete. And of course, you know, being the investigator that he is, he said, uh, do you have a picture of your Nana that I can actually look at? Because if you don't know her, you probably might just be like, how do I know who that is? But um, I think if you look closely at the photo, it, it doesn't come through the way a photo of a person should be. Um, but if you saw a picture of my Nana, you would certainly know that that, that was her. Um, so that was really a, a cool, cool experience. And, you know, here's the thing. We, we were, my Nana probably sang in that theater, who knows how many times. She used to take me when I was young and would visit in the summers. We always went to shows at that theater. I saw my Aunt Kathy perform in that theater. Um, my mother used to do shows in that theater and my Nana never missed any of her shows. Um, and, and so, um, you know, it stands to reason that she would have been there. I mean, we did a show for her all of these people were gathered in a place and they all knew her. So I think that there's, you know, there's nothing more powerful than that as an opportunity for someone to come back and visit, right? I don't know. So I think, I think you know, there's not a doubt in my mind that, that, that it was her. It would make complete sense that she would come back and want to see, you know, her daughter and her granddaughters and, you know, all the kids, all of her children were there and, and that kind of thing. So that was a, a really cool story um, and something that just kind of, you know, something we can pass down in our family all the time. It's even, I have this book here. It's, um, I'm going to hold it up. The Haunted Boonslick, Ghost Ghouls and Monsters of Missouri's Heartland. Um, Heartland, sorry, Heartland. Uh, Mary Collins Burreal, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Um, she wrote, she did it for, for Haunted America. Um, but the story is in here. So they actually... Um, got you know some information because it had come up when the woman was doing the research and so they um you know reached out to my mom and my mom um shared the story with her so that's kind of cool it doesn't give their names or anything it just talks about there being um you know these people from a singer from from um, Boonville so there's a lot of really great stories 
and I asked my mom earlier, I don't know if she texted me back, but I'm gonna tell you another story. So this, I've been to a number of the places in this in this book, um, including the old county jail, which is right in Boonville. And um, my kiddos were there um, last, yeah, last year, Noah and I went to, to visit Emily, who goes to school in Columbia, and um, we, we went and did a little tour at the jail, because I'd always wanted to go. My grandfather, actually, Bumpy, the one I spoke of last week, um, he was really huge when they did the um, historical kind of renovations and made it more into a historical foundation. He was integral in that. And, but in all that time, I never got to go visit that jail, weirdly enough. So I really wanted to go because, of course, I like stuff like that. So the kiddos and I went, um, and it was fun. I mean, it def we didn't have any experiences, but it, you can definitely feel things there. So um, being who I am, and probably much to the dismay of my children, <laughs> I asked the lady who was giving us a tour, like, do you guys ever have any experiences here? And um, I think I probably got a couple eye rolls. Um, but, you know, she said, yeah. She said, um, we hear all the time we hear doors opening and closing upstairs in the jail when there's nobody up there. And she said, um, there's somebody is really sneaky. They have, there's like a, there's the jail area and then there's a, an attached kind of building part to it that is the administrative offices. And she said they have a recurring issue with somebody coming and moving stuff on their, um, you know, desks or whatever. And she had some really specific stories and I wish I had thought to write them down, but she, she, there was no doubt in her mind. Um, if you go in the back to the, um, the, you know, is where the, where the, where they would hang people. And, um, it, I believe was the last hanging that happened in Missouri. I'm gonna have to look this up, but there was something about that, that the last person who was hung in the state of Missouri was hung in this actual place. Um, but what, going in there, that's really creepy. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those old like barns where they used to, to hang people and things. So that was a really creepy experience. So there's the jail that's right there. Um, there's an old um, military school that actually a lot of movies get filmed in this place and, and I'll um, have to remind myself about that. Um, but, but Thomas, uh, or it's, what is it called? It's the Kemper, Kemper Military School. And um, they have actual stories. My, um, my cousin actually is a, a police officer. He's with the, and he used to be, he used to work for Boonville. He's now in um, Jefferson City. And he, uh, he was telling a story about um, a woman. There was a claim of, of people seeing this woman out on the track. And he, he was able to confirm that there was actually a young woman that, that had been murdered um, out and left her body left out there. Um, so that one's a pretty popular one right there in Boonville. Um, but there's, a, you know, just a lot of stuff with, with there being, um, you know, civil, civil war bottles fought in that area, all sorts of stuff all around. Um, my mother shared a story and um, sh there's a place, uh, an old house called River Scene and it was built by a gentleman who was a steamboat captain and um, did a lot of work during the Civil War, you know, moving goods up and down the Missouri and Mississippi rivers and he built this house and, um, you know, family, family lived there and all sorts of things um, and 
there's lots of stories about this place. My mother shares that when she was in high school, it was vacant and they used to go out and have Halloween parties and things like that there. And, and it doesn't recall things happening back then, but um, about mm, eight years ago, maybe, she was there visiting, um, maybe it was longer than that, but, and it has, it had been turned into a bed and breakfast. It had been that way for some time. And so she stayed, she went there and, um, it's a really, it was a really beautiful place. It's, it's now run down again, but, um, she went and stayed in there and in the middle of the night, she had, well, what she kind of thought was a dream, but doesn't think it was really a dream but um had someone in civil war you know uniform trying to strangle her and um she says she can remember his face and she remembers trying to scream but nothing would come out but she did scream because people in the hotel heard her and anyone who knows my mother she's a you know she's a soprano and she can scream really loudly so I'm sure a lot of people heard but she she was terrified. She's never had anything happen like that before. Needless to say, she would never stay there again, even if it was open. Um, and, you know, did mention it. As I recall, she mentioned it to the people who did say that stuff happened, but they hadn't ever necessarily had something in particular like that happen. Um, but River Scene does, though, they, the stories, there's nothing really particular in the stories to say. Um, except for um, the fellow who built the house, I think it was him, or maybe it was one of his sons, was a spiritualist and used to do seances in the house. So, you know, some people believe that the that can do enough to bring people in. But, you know, when you're on land where battles were fought, I think, I believe probably that stuff can, can ebb and flow, right? Um, people wandering, not really knowing where they are. So, no, there's no real direct history that I found that says, oh, this is who does this. This is why it's haunted. Um, but people have said it has a lot of bad energy. And the, and the you know, the, the gentleman who um, owns it right now has had a lot of bad luck and a lot of health and mental health issues, like kind of suddenly after living in that house for a number of years. So who really knows? Who really knows? But if you... If you ever, you know, want to go traveling across the United States doing some paranormal investigating, you know, travel through that area, Boonville, and I actually would love to go back there and, um, and try it out, you know, go see some of those places and do some investigations. Um, we, we were there just a few years ago for a, um, a, um, clan, our Donahue clan family reunion. And I had actually been in touch with the author of this book to ask her if she knew of any um, paranormal investigation groups there, um, because I was hoping that one might be able to come and give us a, pr a private tour in Boonville. And it didn't end up working out, but we all gathered, and it's kind of fun being in a family that's totally open to this stuff for the most part, and many of whom have had lots of their own experiences. So, um, some of us had been staying at this bed and breakfast that's right in town, really beautiful place. And um, we kind of just gathered around in the in the uh, living room and told all of our ghost stories. And as it turns out, the woman from the um, bed and breakfast that owns it came in and told us some really great stories again about this bed and breakfast. And, and what's really weird is I had, um, I had had 
a weird experience in there, but I didn't know if anything, you know, but she kind of confirmed and said, and, and, and in terms of just feelings that I get, sometimes that's all it is, is just sensing something's present that um, I can't explain. Uh, so anyway, lots of cool places. I mean, I it's it's really pretty fascinating. And I think anywhere where there's been trauma, where there's been war fought, people, you know, all of that, where people may have just been grieving, there's going to be energy. And it might be residual, of course. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a, it's a ghost that wants to interact or wants to hurt you. It's just energy because that's how energy works, right? Um so, yes, Lisa, I see you say you need that for my travels. You need to get these. Like, I actually, I don't know if anyone else likes to pick up these books, but I I get them for, um, for you know, most places where I go. I have one for Yellowstone. Um, I have one for a little town of Snohomish here where um, I am getting into doing uh, ghost tours for. So I bought the books. There's re a lot of really great stories in there, obviously. Um, some of which we already knew for our tour, but it's always fun to get more. So I think it's kind of fun. And I think that it's a great way. It's a more exciting way to learn about history a little bit. Like I, I like history. I never learned or I never liked learning history in school. I think it's the way they taught us and they wanted everything to be about you know, what year it was and blah, blah, blah. And I I just don't think they do a great service to teaching history and, and to history itself. Um, but I love reading these books because you learn things, real things about the town. Um, but you always, you also get a little bit of fun, you know, a little like surprise and spookiness um, to it. So I, you know, I, I think it's fun and you can learn a lot about a place. And I think it, you know, the funny thing is that spooky stories really bring people together. Like, most people love the you know kind of the tension behind um hearing stories about different places uh there are definitely people who are really really terrified right um but i think that um most most of us like it it's you know and it's a way to pass down stories and really fascinating to watch how stories get passed down right they don't um you know they get shared from person to person and there's definitely stories that nobody can really prove and of course in the field of paranormal investigation that's what people want to know is well we don't, it's just an urban legend well um just because that's all we can claim it as doesn't mean that's all it is right um and i think it's a lot of fun to think about it and um and to acknowledge that those things like really actually might exist and uh i don't know i think it's weird not to believe that they could because like i said they're energy and they happen all the time you know we all are made of energy and energy doesn't ever go away it's here and you know this room will be filled with my energy when I leave it right and somebody might be able to come into this space and go oh there was somebody here and she you know she felt this way I mean it's just how how that is and um it's a pretty I don't know it's a pretty simple notion to me right so anyway so that those are kind of my stories I'm trying to think if I have any more um about that my my nana's house itself <laughs> no s specific stories from for me other than always feeling like there were people um in that house and and it was a really big house huge house beautiful you know built at um the turn of the 20th century um and a lot of family lived there a lot of stuff happened um we lost a lot of people in my mom's family way before they, we should have lost them. 
and you know I we there, there's a basement area down there like the family room and it's kind of dark because it's the cellar it doesn't really have a lot of windows and it was definitely a place in that house that you didn't really want to go like I can remember even until I was like a teenager I would have to turn on all the lights <laughs> to go down there um, and and be by myself because you always just felt like someone was hanging out and that doesn't mean it was bad and I think when I was younger especially I would pick up on that stuff and it, I knew it felt different it wasn't mine and that made it scary that that it, in and of itself is scary my sisters and brother used to tell a story that I was not privy to I was not there when it happened um and I don't know how much of it was, you know, just children's imagination. Sometimes it is. But they claimed that that one time they were talking on the um, on walkie-talkies playing in the house. And I think it was that happened to them. You know, this is, again, how you hear stories. But I'm pretty sure it was them that was playing um, with cousins, maybe. And they heard a voice over the um, walkie-talkie that wasn't theirs, that they thought was my biological grandfather. Um, I didn't really ever know him. He passed when I was two years old. Um, but I am, you know, a bit younger than my older siblings. And so, you know, it's possible that they, you know, they could have been playing as young children and heard him come through on that. There was also the attic in the house that the attic, um, the stairs to the attic went, were in my, in the master bedroom. And I, I was always really terrified of that as a young kid. And I would run through my Nana's room <laughs> to get to the other side because um, there was another room on the other side just because it didn't feel right. And I never really understood that as a young person. Um, but not understanding what I know about myself now, I think it probably there probably was something, someone. It doesn't mean it was anyone, anyone bad, right? It just means I was sensing something that was not that just didn't feel right. Um, so, you know, we used to that. We did have one time when a light came on that I was present for that. It was a light downstairs and there was a storm going on, um, a lightning storm or something, but um, I, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but all the lights had get, gone off. And a lot of times when we were there in the summer times when the thunder and lightning storms would happen, we'd all get up in the middle of the night and go sit out on the porch together and um, just sit out there and watch the storm. Um, and you know, if anyone who, who's ever experienced a storm in the Midwest totally gets what I'm talking about. It's like the coolest thing ever. Um, but this one time, I think I was just there with my mom and maybe my younger sister and the light in the entryway just came on all by itself. And we were trying, you know, we thought, well, just, it could have been electrical, but they don't usually turn on, right? I don't know. Does anyone have an experience? Um, Pete, if you listen into this, you can tell me if if, a, if an electrical surge will turn a, a light on um, and keep it on. Like I maybe it can like light up and go away. But so that's one experience. But this it was a, a an incredible house. Um, and the people who have lived there since there was a woman who lived there right after my nana um, passed, and the house had to be sold, unfortunately. Um, but she could fill my Nana. She knew, you know, like I said, everyone in Boonville knew her and, um, she said, there's no doubt you can feel her here. And of course she had lived years and years there. She had seen, um, three of her children die before she did and her nephew, um, and two husbands over time. So, I mean, you, you can't, you can't 
disagree, I don't think, with the, the idea that, that a kind of energy can really permeate a space. Um, so for certain, I think that that kind of thing is there. But I think it's really fascinating. And um, like I said, you can learn a lot. And, you know, it's interesting to me that the place that my mom grew up, that was kind of a big, the place we called home as kiddos because we were a military family and we moved all around. So the one permanent that we had was my Nana's house and that was the place we went back to. So, you know, I'm not, I don't think it's a coincidence that some of my first, you know, encounters, particularly that one in the graveyard visiting family even happened there that kind of set me, set me on this path. So, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, so thank you for listening to my Boonville stories and Boonville is a, is a super cool place. I still love going back there. Sadly, um, it's one of those towns that's, um, that boomed for so many years, um, with small businesses and has a little main street that's just not, you know, it's all basically failing now, um, because a huge dumbass Walmart went in outside of town. Don't get me started on how I feel about Walmart. Um, but it's really sad. It's kind of a disgrace to see. And, um, uh, and you know, I wish there was more. If I had a lot of money, I think that I would do what I can to save some of that kind of history in some way that I could um, for people. Uh, but it's it's a cool place. I love going back there. So much cool energy. Um, and uh, I think we need to honor those little places. People are weird about small towns in the Midwest. You know, we do can, tend to laugh about them. But you know what? some really important stuff in the history of our country happened in little towns like that, right? And I think it's important for us to know, and the people are really great. Um, and yeah, that's Boonville. I honestly, if you ever get a chance, there's some cute bed and breakfast, go stay there. Um, just outside of town, as a matter of fact, the Clydesdales, the Budweiser Clydesdales are on a ranch just outside of Boonville. Um, no joke. And so, you know, there's things you don't know about places, so check it out check it out. Um, so let's see, I mentioned that, um, my friend, my friend Pete's going to come on two weeks from today. And, um, I'm still kind of up in the air about, uh, next week. So if anyone, anyone wants to come on with me and has ghost stories, let me know. Um, or maybe just wants to talk whiskey. So, you know, maybe Sean, one of these episodes, we just get on and talk whiskey and I know that you, you try it a lot. You're a, a distributor, right? Some, you work, you, you tell me what I'm getting wrong, but I know you work in um, that field in some regard. So, I mean, I don't, I think it'd be kind of cool to spend some time. You can tell me what whiskeys I should get and we can um, chit chat. Um, so um, we'll think about that. I'm thinking about next week and, um, but definitely tune in the week after, right during, uh, right before Halloween. Um, I think it's the 28th. And um, it'll be my friend, Pete Wren. He's been with the Vancouver Paranormal Society for 30 years. He's, um, I shared a link to the, to the um, web series that he's a part of. And um, there's a book being written about all the stories right now too. So that's kind of cool. And, um, um, and actually I'm in that book. Well, I'm not in that book, but he and I will tell about the story or the experience that we had together, which was really cool at this place called St. Mary's up in um, Canada. So um, chime in. And you know what? If you find any of this interesting, <laughs> you can share it. It's okay. Um, and I can be found. You can watch the replay here. 
you can actually listen in if you don't get to watch or you'd rather just listen in you can listen in to on any of the podcasts um formats that you use you know spotify apple all of it you should be able to find it there and um like i said it's whiskey and weird i'm learning about whiskey i'm showing up in all my weird and um you know i was a preschool teacher for a long time i still consider myself a preschool teacher but um uh, Don needs help with her Knob Creek. She doesn't like it. I'm coming right over, Don. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, maybe try mixer. I don't. I don't know. Or I, that's see. That's the hard thing about trying new alcohol because it's not usually cheap, and um, you know you get stuck with a bottle that you don't like. Uh, we can drink it. I'm sure you and I can find a way to put that Knob Creek down. Um, so let's do it. Okay, Don. Okay, Don Burns. Um, Becky, Becky has stories from, from, um, her time at Woodbridge and Bentwater. So Becky and I, we were both military brats. We lived in Launchtel, Germany together many, many years ago. Right, Becky? Um, and, uh, so that'd be really cool. I'd love to hear your stories. Um, and I'm sure everyone else would love to hear them too. So let's chat about that. Um, but yeah, here's me showing up weird. You know, I am, um, I, I, I've mentioned kind of in my descriptions about how I show up with the wonder and awe and authenticity of a preschooler, but they're amazing people. They just, they just show up and they don't have a bunch of shit in their way and they've not yet become jaded by the world. And they ask the greatest questions and, you know, they're amazing. So I, I want to do that. I've said from the beginning, this is all about me just showing up, sharing all my weird stuff, talking about it because I'm an out loud processor and giving space and permission to you guys to be weird too in however way you, uh, you want to do that. So thank you to my handful of people that show up re religiously to my Wednesdays, Whiskey and Weird. Um, I hope some more of you will start joining me. Um, like I said, share it if it's worth it to you. Um, but otherwise I will see you. I will see you next Wednesday, seven o'clock whiskey and weird. All right. Be well, everybody. Take care. Mwah. Love you. Thanks for being here.